This podcast is meant for general health information and is not meant to override any medical advice. All questions will be screened and not contain any personal information. If you want a private consultation, contact us via positivechoice.org or you can contact your provider directly. Thank you and enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome to the Positive Choice Wellness Podcast. I'm Annalise, an exercise physiologist and nutritionist. And my name's Melanie. I'm also an exercise physiologist and nutritionist. And today we are going to talk about what is on everybody's mind, which is the COVID-40 <laughs> and how we're coming out of this quarantine. <laughs> Return from the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, I'm sure if you have all heard the term coined at this point, it's not COVID-19, it's COVID-40, like the freshman 40, you know? <laughs> I think we surpassed the 19 around mm, the four-month mark. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> but I know a lot of people have been have been kind of struggling during this pandemic with, with a little bit of a weight gain, as if, if we would be so bold as to say. And, you know, what do we do? <laughs> right. I, well, the first thing I think is... You're not alone. No. Right? I mean, we are coming out of a year plus yeah. of, you know, less activity, some comfort eating probably, um, and and weight gain is inevitable from that. Mm-hmm. And not to mention, you know, all the psychological aspects of, of everything that went on and then how that relates to our weight management skills. Yeah. Um, so I know they had a couple of studies and they said like alcohol consumption had increased pretty dramatically last year. <laughs> the average household was drinking more alcohol than normal. And that is a contributor to weight gain. If you overdo it, uh, extra oh, yeah. calories. Um, so I know that's, that's something they have seen in data. That is a thing. Yeah. So, um, the first thing is always be nice to yourself. Don't judge yourself for no. it. We're, we're at where we're at. Mm -hmm. So then how do we, how do we start gathering up our selves and re-step back out into society? Because that's what we're doing, right? We get to unmask in certain places. Mm -hmm. If you're vaccinated, mm -hmm. we're getting more freedom. Things are opening up. Yeah. So the opportunity to step back into our lives and put pieces back together. Yeah. And yeah, I keep thinking about the fact that all those gyms had been closed and now the, you know, a lot of gyms had been open for a little bit, but we might feel more comfortable going to the gym now because you might be vaccinated and feel safer. Right. And there's a lot of opportunities to kind of swing back into the normal routine you had prior. But obviously if you are, especially if you're someone who'd never gained weight prior and you're, you're new to this and you're like, Oh gosh, I've never, I've, this is the heaviest I've ever been. Cause I've, I've heard that from a few people where like, I've never been this heavy and now I am because of the pandemic. It threw me on my head. Like, I don't know what to do. It can be a little disconcerting of like, how do I start? Where do I begin? What do I even do? I don't know. Cause it's new. Right. And again, not alone. Um, there are many ways to navigate this wonderful thing that we're now experiencing the COVID-40. And the biggest thing that I would say to start with is think about what you can do and what you're capable of doing rather than focusing on what you can't do. Because there's still stuff that's probably going to be closed and there's still stuff that may not be as feasible as it had been prior. So instead of focusing, oh, well, I can't go to the gym because, you know, there's a sign in and the times I don't fit with my schedule. Well, don't focus on that. Focus on what you can do rather than I can't make it at this time or I can't eat that or I can't have that because that's not going to help you. 
That's right. We could talk forever about all the things that limit everything I want to do. Yeah, there's but a long list. It's not going to get me anywhere. No. So we, we have a lot of like, I can't or I shouldn't mentalities about stuff and, and taking a step back from that and recognizing what are you capable of? What can you do? What is in your abilities right now? And once you can step back and recognize what you're capable of, then I think it's the point where you can start growing, kind of embracing those things and, and starting to make those changes, which, which, would, which I know what, what I would do is my first, but what would you do as your first step into making changes? I mean, I am such a big believer, especially with myself, that movement changes everything for me. Um, if I'm not moving and I'm being very sedentary, stress builds, I eat more, um, and then it perpetuates that not movement factor. And so I think for me it would just be like, get yourself moving. Yeah. Even if it's just, I'm gonna walk from my front door down to the end of the block and back, and I'm gonna do it every day. That is progress, it's getting you out, it's creating a new habit. And I love that you're bringing that up because I feel like that's the biggest thing that I've been hearing about from the pandemic standpoint of, I haven't been able to get as much movement. I haven't been able to, to do the exercises I normally do, or I, like, I hate going to the gym and I don't wanna go there. And there are so many ways you can get movement in. It doesn't have to be regimented, structured exercise. I think when we say you need to exercise, everyone goes, oh, you want me to go on a treadmill at the gym for 30 minutes? And that's not what we're saying at all. Right. You know, one thing that I've suggested to folks who are having a hard time, I'm like, well, what's something you enjoy doing, right? What's something you really like that's active that makes you feel good when you do it and you don't really think of it as exercise, but you're moving. And I've had people go, oh, well, I love dancing. Like dancing just makes me so happy. I'm like, Here's your challenge. Pick one song every day. Dance to one song. Start with that. Simple, gets you the beginnings of moving. And let's say you do that song. Oh, I want to do another song. Cool. Do that too. <laughs> <laughs> and nothing is too small. So I think mm -hmm. that both the examples we gave of like walk to the end of the block or dance to one song. Some people are like, well, what? That's not exercise. That doesn't count. And why even bother? Well, you're not necessarily developing a, you know, big workout plan. What you are is developing a new habit of what your day looks like. Mm -hmm. So the habit of getting dressed, leaving your house, moving your body, putting on pants, right? <laughs> <laughs> Making yourself presentable to the world. Yay. Doing your hair, brushing your teeth, putting on pants. Yes. Right. <laughs> so it, that, I mean, in that, you know, that goes off like the whole COVID 40 thing, but you know, some of us, and I probably fall into this category of like, you just get out of the habit of, you know, wearing business clothes, doing your hair, putting makeup on. Mm -hmm. If you're a guy, maybe shaving, trimming mm -hmm. regularly, whatever it is. Yeah. And we got to get back into that yeah. too. And this could be a piggyback off of that, right? So you could get into the habit of getting into the old things we used to do to be accepted in society and <laughs> to make yourself societally acceptable. Yeah. So you look, Oh, they're appropriately dressed. Good for you. Um, but like doing those things for yourself is a big part of that too, because you know, if we want you to get moving, you can, I mean, if you're really like, I don't want to take my pajamas off, then dance in your pajamas, whatever, like you're at home fine. But obviously, you know, 
what I find really helps me to remind myself to move is I don't let myself lounge around in pajamas when I'm at home. When I'm when I'm at home, I want to make a point that I have to wear an outfit that I know I can get up and start moving at any time and feel comfortable in that. And that really helps me because I'm still doing work from home partially. And on those days I'm working from home, I can't lounge around in pajamas because I won't leave my house. I'll just sit there. <laughs> so if I put on workout pants, then I know, oh, I can go walk to the park and I don't have to change. I already did. Yes. So there's a little bit of a, a ritual there mm -hmm. of changing your clothes. And then it's kind of a trigger, too, of like, OK, I'm done with the sleeping, relaxing part of my day. Mm -hmm. And it's time to put myself together for other things. Yes. So I think the takeaway really is just find an opportunity that you can get movement in that doesn't have to be a structured exercise that just you can move more in that moment, right? You know, it could take the stairs, like we always say, take the stairs instead of the elevator or, you know, do this instead of that or park far away from the grocery store. Like there's literal endless lists of things you can do that are small, but don't get too hung up on, I have to go to the gym and I have to do X amount of time and I have to do this. Cause here's where I will come at you with this. If you say, oh, walking to the end of the block and back is nothing, why bother? Well, it's more than what you were doing. Mm -hmm. So it is important because it's better than sit sitting entirely because they've already shown that sitting is the new smoking. All the same stuff you get when you smoke is the same stuff you get when you sit. Cardiovascular disease, high blood pressure, high heart rate. There's a lot of negativity to sitting. So as long as you're moving, just do something. And for a lot of people, that lack of just physical activity, of just moving around, is part of the big problem because mm -hmm. while we were quarantined, we weren't you know, going to the grocery store as often. We weren't running errands as often. We weren't going into work, walking from our car, walking around our office, mm -hmm. all of that. And so we don't necessarily think that that is a huge contributor to our weight. But when we're talking about creating a calorie deficit, oftentimes, if I focus on moving more, if I focus on getting my 10,000 steps, that is going to burn more calories in my day than if I go walking for 20 minutes and I'm sedentary the rest of the day. Active couch potato. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But when we're talking about weight, you are getting a bigger bang for your buck for being more physically active. So mm -hmm. I think with this point in time where things are opening up, people are feeling more safe, just focusing on moving more, getting out more can make a huge dent in and of itself. Exactly. So movement, very important. That's one of the pieces to the puzzle. Cause like, you know, we've, we've all heard the phrase, eat less, move more. That's the recipe for weight loss. It's not all about that. And we're gonna talk about a lot of it, but that's a part of it. And the movement really, like that's the one thing people tend to um, struggle with next to eating. That's the other piece <laughs> that I, I think we should dive into a little bit, the eating habits. Because uh, when you're 10 feet from your fridge, it's a little harder to, uh, eat less if you're, it's conveniently located, especially if you're moving less too. But um, think about like, you know, pre-pandemic days, if you were at home and, or sorry, at work and, you know, you, you had your lunch in the fridge or, you know, at your desk, but you only ate at certain points of the time. You didn't just have a fridge available to go to and snack on constantly all day, every day. And, you know, you may still be working from home. Mean, mean, you may not be, you know, it, it depends on your, your job and what you're doing. But if you are still working from home, it's still an opportunity to treat it maybe like an office, <laughs> you know, don't have all the stuff laying around that you can munch on all the time. If that's become a problem, if that's something that you're constantly doing, 
you know, if it's in your house, you're probably going to eat it. That's generally how that goes. If you're like, oh, I'll buy this bag of chips. I don't, I don't, I'll be fine. No, no. That <laughs> chip, that bag of chips will say, hey, <laughs> it's two o'clock. You, you want to eat me, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's time. <laughs> well, and also just the point that you made about structured eating times, mm-hmm. making your meal times mindful. Yeah. And not just kind of like mindlessly eating throughout the day. Exactly. So, uh, you know, one thing which which would be very helpful if you're trying to find a way to start shifting gears and losing weight, you know, one thing that can be really helpful, if, especially if you're new to it, is try not to take too many things away when you're starting this process. Because I find that many people tend to get a little overwhelmed when you say, okay, time to overhaul your diet. Let's eat this and don't eat that and don't eat this and don't eat. And it's all a don't, 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 don't. And that can be really overwhelming because if, if you were to come to a dietitian, they generally wouldn't tell you just to eliminate so many things unless there's a health reason for it. Typically it's trying to manage what you're already doing and adding in more healthy things to your current behaviors. Oh, I love that so much. That mm-hmm. simple, just focus on what you can add, not on what, on what you're taking away. Exactly. You know, it, it, it's this whole argument. Let's say, for example, it's like diet soda, right? And, you know, you're drinking regular soda and you're drinking regular soda. And then you're like, I want to make a health choice and switch to diet soda and completely eliminate regular soda, which is a good improvement. And I would say that's even better than completely eliminating it entirely. Because if I say don't, don't drink soda, period, that could be a lot for you. You may be like, whoa, hold on, hold on. That's a big step. I don't, I'm not ready for that yet. And if you just swap something like that or introduce something else and maybe say, okay, I'll have my soda, but then I'll have an extra water. I'll drink more water on top of that. That's a good behavior that you're starting to develop. And you'll find that what happens over time for the most part is when you introduce healthy things, the less healthy things tend to drop off over time. Right. Or just by volume Mm -hmm. as well. So if I am like, okay, I can eat whatever I want, but I have to have a half a plate of veggies. Mm Mm-hmm. Everything else that I would normally eat, I don't have to take anything away. And suddenly you have two cups worth of veggies taking up space in your stomach and you're just going to naturally eat less of the other things. Exactly. So in, in t- discussion on the eating behaviors, can just, that, this could be the rest of our talk today. It's such a deep thing. But that would be the biggest thing is, is focus on what you, like I said, focus on what you can do and don't take too much away, you know, Restriction is the recipe for failure. If you restrict, you're more likely to fail at what you're doing because we don't like someone telling us what to do, especially yourself. (laughs) (laughs) And I find, especially for myself, if I'm like, okay, you can't have that or you shouldn't do that. Now I'm putting that on a pedestal and it's so much more important that I have it now. Mm -hmm. And that it's, it's a mind game with myself. I can't do that. It's bad. Oh, now I want it more because I said no. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a whole thing to to go into that around yeah. like making food bad versus good and putting value systems on food um, and then what that means about you if you eat it and all of that, those kind of head games. So, yeah, I think it's just best. The best plan is to stay in a position where you are not feeling those overly restricted white knuckle feelings. Yes. Whether it's about how much you're exercising, um, how much you're working every day, how much you're cutting back on your eating or your diet, because 
Restriction leads to binging, no matter no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've seen it in research. Um, they find, like, you know, if you consistently eat like a certain amount of calories each day, that's really low. Like you pick a really low number. And go, okay, I'm gonna eat this many calories, and you eat it. Like let's say you want to do it for the whole week, but you get about two, three, maybe four days in. That's about as long as you're gonna last, because then by day three or four, you're gonna go, nope. I'm going to eat all the things. And you do. I mean, we see that all the time. All the time. It's the Monday through Thursday, your diet and exercise look like this. Mm-hmm. And Friday through Sunday, you undo it all. Yeah. <laughs> and you spend Monday through Thursday making up for that. Right. You're kind of playing catch up and it, you, you tend not to win. <laughs> right. And, and not to mention just the, the cyclical thing about the bad feelings mm-hmm. that you have from that. So if yeah. I'm restricting all week, then I am feeling deprived, I'm feeling hungry, tired, whatever it is. And then during the weekend, well, now I'm not feeling hungry or deprived, but then I'm feeling guilty and ashamed about my ability to do this. Yeah, exactly. So then what other eating, I guess, behaviors would be a good emphasis for, you know, getting out of this COVID-40 situation here? I, I think vegetables, veggies, eat your veggies. I I guess (laughs) two, two main things came to mind. So first of all, vegetables, just start including them. They are, like we mentioned, they are voluminous in your stomach. Mm -hmm. So they're going to help make you full, but they're also going to add a bunch of fiber and high nutrients that are really going to help get you in a better mind space. So if you're getting more nutrients in, your brain is going to be working at healthier levels. Yeah. You're less um, malnourished, if That's you will. Right. <laughs> That's right. And then there is the other thing, which is stop going out to eat. Ah, uh, like, yes. And this counts as anything processed as well. Yeah. Just just stop it. I mean, yes, there are some restaurants out there that the food is healthy. It's whole food. Let me tell you, it's not many. <laughs> Most restaurants are, they want you to come back. They want their food to be delicious. So they are making things higher fat, higher salt, higher sugar than you would make at home. And you can't control what's in it. You've let that be in their hands. That's right. So, you know, if if we really want to take long-term control of our weight, you got to be preparing stuff at home. Funny you mention that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just made that black bean chili recipe of yours this week. Oh. So I've been eating it all week. It's been amazing. Um, so meal planning. <laughs> yes. That's what I would say is really, really, really helpful when I talked about kind of creating your home life more like an office life, because think about what you did when you were in the office that worked for you, then could you make that work for you now? And there's nothing wrong with making a big meal on the weekend that's healthy and then divvying it up over the course of the week mm-hmm. and having these, you just grab and go from your own fridge, even if you're still working from home or not, because you would have done that if you went to the office and if you didn't, Hey, here's a new skill that you could put in your tool bag. Like that's something you can implement into your life of preparing in advance because then you know exactly what you're going to get you know exactly what's in your food and you don't have to worry about it you already measured it it's done it's done yes absolutely and this comes to another part of this 
which I think is such a big key that a lot of us forget about is that when you are physically hungry, you will not make the best decisions around food. No. And I think a big misstep that so many people make is they underfeed themselves oh, when yeah. they're trying to lose weight. And then it results in those moments where you're driving home from work, you're hungry, you have some residual stress, and your favorite food is on the way home. And they have a drive-thru. And they have a drive-thru or, <laughs> you know, whatever. And it is literally your brain's just little switch to be like, oh, you know what? That does sound really good. And it's right on the way home. And why shouldn't I have it? And no one will know. And we think that it's coming from lack of willpower or, you know, whatever, when really what it is, is we are underfeeding ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so when we look at the other benefit of meal prep is you have easy, convenient, healthy food so that you can make sure that you are eating enough during the day to not fall into the, I must have a burrito mm -hmm. because it's the only thing that's going to make me happy. When in reality, if you went home and ate the like Chipotle Faro that yeah. you have sitting in your fridge, that would be perfectly fine too. I also know that recipe. <laughs> <laughs> Another <laughs> one of my staples. Um, but, well, it's, it's, it's great that you bring that because I always think of, and I won't name the brands, but there's a couple commercials for like, you know, you're hangry. You've probably seen those commercials. Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe a cougar's popping out of your chest. Uh, maybe it's Willem <laughs> Dafoe dressed as Marilyn Monroe. I don't know. Uh, but you're not yourself when you're, when you're hungry. That, that's quite accurate, actually, because here's something, some, some physiology your brain runs almost exclusively off of glucose and glucose is blood sugar. That's what runs through your system all the time. Most of the time, sometimes it gets low and when it's low and that's your food source for your brain, your brain starts getting a little irrational because now it doesn't have as much food. And it's like, Hey, I need food now. I don't, I don't care what you get, but right I now, need it now. You need to solve this now. And so it's coming from your brain being starving. <laughs> So that's, that's a lot of the problem that we blame ourselves. But you know, if you are really that hungry to the point where you're irrational, cause you've been under, under eating all day, mm -hmm. it's going to be next to impossible to make good choices when you can barely think that way because your brain is basically un is starving. You're not giving enough glucose to your system. And I'm not saying you have to go eat candy, but what I'm saying is if you don't eat enough, that's less blood sugar available to your brain. Right. And it's looking for things that are going to deliver blood sugar quickly. Yeah. Which are simple carbohydrates. So guess what's not going to be on the menu when your brain is in desperate need of glucose? Kale. <laughs> Kale, chicken, those roasted vegetables you really wanted to make sure Grilled you were fish. having for dinner. And what, what I will also say when you were talking, what I was thinking about is that this idea of hunger. So some people will be like, well, I don't feel hungry during the day, so how would I know? Well, if you are a chronic under eater during the day, so let's say you typically don't eat very much during the day, and then the second you get home, it's dinner and snacking until you go to bed, your body learns that and it will stop producing hormones during the day that prompt your hunger. So even though you are low on blood sugar, you are low on fuel, you are not eating enough, if that has been a chronic situation, you won't get those hunger signals because your body has adapted to that 
way of lifestyle. It's, you know, they did a study on um, people who practice Ramadan. Mm-hmm. And because they're looking at these folks who, you know, they don't eat during daylight hours. And how are they not starving all day? Because they're not, they, they stop eating when the sun's up and they start stop, they can start eating again when the sun goes down, but none during daylight hours. And so they did a study on these folks to kind of see and exactly the hormones get adjusted for that. So they don't feel like they're starving all day. And that's how they can do that. And our bodies truly are extremely adaptable to situations we put them in. So yeah, if you're chronically under eating, of course you're not going to feel hungry because you're always not eating enough. Right. (laughs) It would be miserable if you were starving all the time and you wouldn't last very long. Right. But it doesn't mean that our brain isn't interpreting those signals. It doesn't mean that the physiology isn't happening. And that's one of the reasons why people that are not eating breakfast, they're not fueling themselves during the day, tend to overconsume at night mm-hmm. because like we said at the beginning of this podcast deprivation leads to binging exactly so if you have deprivation during the day chances are if you are not monitoring it carefully you're overconsuming at night to to make up for the emotional deficit of not having enough food and the physical deficit and the worst part about that is the you need the least amount of calories in the evening because you're right. doing next to nothing at that point. You needed them when you were doing stuff during yes. the day. You actually need the calories then, not at night. Um, so one thing that I would just offer up as something that can help, because, you know, if you're not a breakfast eater, like I can't say you have to eat breakfast and you don't technically have to eat breakfast. Like there's no there's no bad things that'll happen if you skip breakfast. Right. <laughs> But it doesn't aid in the satiety because the problem with skipping breakfast is then when you do feel hungry, you're going to feel hungry. Like you're going to be really hungry when you are. Um, and that's when you may get a little out of control for your lunch that could happen earlier in the day. You might you know, be more tempted if you go out to eat or, you know, you're, you're making food at home and you might just add a little extra portion because you haven't eaten yet. You know, it's been since the night before that you had your last meal and Consuming, you know, maybe a higher protein breakfast can really kind of mitigate some of that that over hungry feeling you may get in the afternoon. Because, well, you know, protein in and of itself isn't like a weight loss agent, but it, it can help with satiety, which can make you feel less hungry in the long term. Right. So protein. Pro- yeah. Well, protein, protein in every meal. Yeah. Since, since we're on it, make sure you have protein and healthy fat and some kind of carbohydrate every single time you eat carbs aren't bad just the right kind of carbs the right kind of carbs well okay i'm going to deviate on this because uh i talk about it a lot in my class and for some reason it's been on my mind a lot you know the carbohydrates that get demonized it's so unfair right because usually the culprit in the the meal is not the carbs so like when we look at like a loaded baked potato, <laughs> mm. okay, so potato, butter, bacon, sour cream, chives, all all the things, maybe some cheese even in there. People are like, oh, it's the potato. It's so bad for you, the carbs. No, the potato makes up 200 calories and provides you uh, nutrition, potassium, fiber. It's all the saturated fat you've loaded into it Mm -hmm. it's not the carbs it's the fat yeah and you know another thing too like carrots you know they get villainized because of sugar content and it's like you didn't eat a lot of carrots and get fat we know for a fact that's not what happened you you didn't sit there and just go i'm gonna eat three pounds of carrots and then you just gain weight no you didn't do that no one does that 
Maybe someone does that, but most people don't do that. I do know a guy who really likes carrots. So that might be, you know, an issue for him. But generally speaking, most people don't love carrots like that one person. But even either way, <laughs> even if you ate three pounds of carrots, the calories don't compare to even if you had one fast food meal. No. So, I mean, skipping on the carrots when a handful of carrots is 35 calories and a handful of nuts is 400. Mm-hmm. Which is going to be the bigger problem for weight management? Exactly. The nuts. Healthy, but for quantity, for that hand-to-mouth? Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, the, the valuable point in that is like carbs. Just eating the right kind, but also don't villainize ones because you think they're bad. Discuss what people tell you. It's a lot of the time what you're putting on them. Right. That could be problematic. Like corn's fine. You load it up with mayonnaise and cheese. Now it might be a problem, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that's kind of where we're going with this. It's not the corn's fault. It's what you put on the corn. Right. If the carb came out of the ground that way, it's Different perfectly story. fine. Yeah. Do it. I would love to have a field of that kind of corn. Just elotes everywhere. Just get it out there. That'd be great. <laughs> Oh man, what a life! Just up oh, some corn today. Eat it off the stalk is great. You you know you know we're located in San Diego because Melanie called corn elote. Well, it's the mayonnaise and the cheese and then the spices. Oh, it's so good. Anyways, um, it was also a thing in Fresno too. But so still California, still yeah. Um, I mean this place is much better. Fresno kind of sucks. But anyways, I hey, can say that. Hey, now we could have some listeners in Fresno. I'm from Fresno. I'm allowed. So. Anyways, so <laughs> the next thing, you know, as far as, as getting out of this kind of COVID burnout, COVID bump of just being yes. stuck, would be the final more important thing to focus on here that would really help someone who wants to start losing and get out of that COVID-40 and start making progress on their health journey? I just, I just really think be nice and patient to yourself. Mm -hmm. We've been in quarantine for almost a year and a half. Um, if you gained 40 pounds in a year and a half, it's fair to give yourself a year and a half to take it off. Mm -hmm. Don't ex we don't need to like, you know, do this, make your body ready for summer nonsense. Ugh, I hate those ads. Ugh, it's Get your the summer worst. beach body. No, no beach body all the time. Every day, <laughs> every day. doesn't matter what you look like. Mm. You can go to the beach and wear whatever you want. Yeah. Anyway, Pretty much. We digress. <laughs> <laughs> but don't don't get yourself into that nonsense. What we talked about before with like small habits, be nice to yourself and and then reward yourself for what you do do. Yeah. Focus on one thing at a time. That's a big thing. You know, we want to get into like as I'll call it a self-improvement binge where we're like, I'm going to do this. 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 Cause I want to do all these things. Cause I'm not perfect unless all these things are happening. Mm. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you decide you want to do 15 or 16 different things, like I need to play with my kids more. I need to make sure I get my dog out three times a day. I need to make sure I'm eating healthy. I want to make sure I'm working out. The list goes on. Mm -hmm. You're going to do about two and a half of those and run out of time. And then you're like, well, I clearly can't do this. And you might throw in the towel or get frustrated or get hard on yourself. And the biggest thing about getting on track and getting started is find something that you just want to put your energy into first. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's healthy eating, whether it's tracking your food, whether it's exercising, doesn't matter. Pick what's important to you 
put your energy into that thing. And once you feel comfortable and solid and secure and your behaviors doing that thing, then you can branch out and do all the other things you want to do one at a time. Mm -hmm. But don't try to do everything at once because that's how you get overwhelmed. And then you'll fail because you you'll get so overwhelmed. You won't do any of it. Mm -hmm. It's like I have too much on my plate. I took a nap. That's what happened. (laughs) So we don't want you to get there. And I think it's worth noting that when you see people that you on the surface have it all together, they've got all of these habits mastered, all of that kind of stuff. Trust me, that did not happen overnight. Mm -hmm. They didn't wake up one morning and were like, I am going to get all of these things in. And it just continued on that way the rest of their lives. That's not how it happens. You literally handle like one thing, like Melanie said, at a time. And that helps to breed motivation because when you are focusing on one thing that you are able to do and you do it, You feel successful. It builds your confidence in your ability to move forward. And when your confidence goes up and your motivation goes up, you can tackle bigger changes. Mm -hmm. But when your confidence is down, when your motivation is down, you want to pick little, little tiny things that you can change and that you can do consistently. And one at a time. Mm Mm-hmm. Biggest thing, one at a time, as much as it's tempting, like, well, I need to get my exercise in, but I still have to work on healthy eating. Don't care. Pick one. (laughs) I'm an exercise physiologist saying if you choose eating over exercise, choose eating over exercise. You need to do what you can do to stay consistent and don't overwhelm yourself. That's not the point. You won't be successful if that's happening. So Mm -hmm. big takeaway. Yes. Yes. So, you know, and I guess it also, if you are at the stage that uh, we are still dealing with some grief Mm -hmm. or um, some trauma or some huge life change based on the pandemic, look, look for help. There is absolutely no um, shame in reaching out. If you are a Kaiser Permanente member, um, mental health is self-refer. Mm-hmm. So go ahead, give our member services a call if you feel like you need a little bit of of just third party perspective, if nothing else. Yeah, exactly. And I cannot stress that enough myself. I actually had to talk with one of my classes during stress management. I was like, I will not downplay the effectiveness of like therapy or anything that can help your mental health. There's nothing wrong with that. As much as, as it may feel taboo in society, there's nothing wrong with that. You got to do what works for you. And more people go to therapy than you think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Some of the healthiest people you know mm-hmm. were in therapy for like 20 years. Or more. <laughs> or more. <laughs> but it's about that time. It is. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Remember to subscribe, share, comment, ask questions. Like. Like all the things we would love to have your support with that. And if you ask us any questions, we will be sure to answer them on future episodes. Well, until next time, everybody. Bye. Bye.